Welcome to Advanced Fashion Disruption, with co-hosts Benson Roberts III and Megan Somerville, where we discuss the tragic, the predatory, the glory, and the deep beauty of fashion. Hi. <laughs> so part of real life is like, you know, being good to the body and nourishing it, and I'm glad to hear that crunchy chip going in the background. <laughs> I put in a huge stack too. Oh, I'm that's gonna... awesome. <laughs> I can totally take this part out. It's not a big deal. <laughs> that's are, we, right. I'm are put... we recording? We're totally recording, but oh, I can no. like completely Leave get this out of here. People eat. <laughs> people do eat um and so we're kind of expand on some of um these romantic views about being a fashion designer and part of that is um the notion prevalent notion it really doesn't matter where you're at that education is going to further your um, career when it comes to being a fashion designer and i think that's a dual-edged sword in my opinion wow it is it is absolutely uh, reality-based um, critical thinking is always the way to go. Well, and I find that it really isn't until uh, fashion designers are in their latter years of a program that they begin to have an inkling of adeptness into what they're being taught or manifestation of a, a concept for them, you know, to go from uh, drawing to fabric selection to um, pattern to garment. Um, and so I, I think that far too much of this rote um, education is being thrown in um, to some really precious time for some creatives that doesn't take advantage to their full, that person's full potential. Absolutely. You know, um, our institutions that teach fashion design are not all the same. Um, I'm thinking back to 2011 when the U S department of justice, uh, sued education management corporate corporation, the EDMC, uh, who operated the, uh, art institutes. The Department of Justice mm -hmm. sued them for $11 billion um, because uh, 151,000 students who had attended between 2003 and 2011 were basically ripped off. They did not get the education they were promised. They did not get the education that they should have gotten. They found that um, that that money was used for salaries and bonuses as opposed to tools and uh, educational purposes. And then they were sued again mm -hmm. a second time, uh, maybe 2012, 13, 14, someplace in that area, because they were giving more degrees to people like fashion designers and photographers than would ever actually have jobs. They were churning, yeah. they were just churning them out. And um, sadly, the Art Institute is not the only type of program that can do that. I no, mean, it's not. Not all programs are created equal, and 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 going through a fashion program doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to gain the skills to be a successful designer. It's true, and coming from the back end of that, um, both of my parents being collegiate educators, that 
when I moved here and I was approached by multiple universities of like, you need to apply for this position, it's open. And me saying, oh, that's super, super nice, but I don't have a degree. So being um, quote unquote, I hate using the word self-taught because it's garbage. There's been a lot of process along the way and a lot of mistakes, um, you know, listening to people and not listening to people. Um, and so like all of that culmination is something that a college would find marketable and they want to use my skill, but they don't want to have it look like they're not having edu college educated people teaching something that they're approaching me about. And so, okay, go ahead and finish your political science degree and um, then come and teach fashion. Well, what, like, what is the point? To what end? You know, I just spent a year teaching at Western Michigan University, a great experience. Mm -hmm. uh, they're working really hard to make their program viable and uh, to earn their accreditation and to have all of the tools that they need. And yet, yet academia definitely gets in the way. Um, mm -hmm. I think the, one of the best teachers there, er, the degree is not in fashion, the degree is in education. And so very often um, the curriculum and the way the methods of teaching were very disconnected from fashion. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, teaching and education is meant to give uh, students tools, which most programs recognize. But beyond that, there should be some uh, indication and some education about how to use those tools when and where to use those tools and how to gather more tools, which was my approach to education. I, I told them that I was not going to do things um, their way and that um, if they didn't like it, they could fire me. Uh, they did not fire me. I taught for two semesters. I, I may actually go back and teach um, textiles. I, I changed the textile books and um, a departing head of Department of uh, Interior Design, who I also taught textiles to, told me that in the two semesters I taught, she had never seen a group of students so excited about textiles and coming away so knowledgeable. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I, I challenged them, they challenged me. I recognized that there was a need for some structure, but I told them I would not make the concrete and steel structure that they wanted to force everyone to fit into. My structure would be bamboo and it would be flexible. That I was always going to remember, remember that my students were people first. And I was going to take into account their humanity. And um, I mean, one of the craziest things about it, Megan, was that they they told me that uh, a certain amount of my students would fail. There were just a certain percentage that would fail. There was a certain percentage that would have a D. There was a certain percentage that would have a C. And they found it odd that so many of my students had good grades. And I said, well, my students all start with an A. They have to keep an A. They have to earn that A. They have to not lose that A. But I don't want to, you know, create hoops for them to jump through to please me. I want to give them real life experiences and 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 usable, not rote information, but thinking information. And you know, some students uh, did not do well, uh, and and I, I understood that some students in my first semester didn't do well because they needed more structure. So I, I had more structure in the second semester that I taught there. But in the end. Um, Having come from the industry and not from an educational academic background, I was able to teach them more than most of them had ever been taught in their curriculums. I taught a production class. 
uh, when the the folks that were coming through to give the university accreditation, one of them was uh, um, a manufacturer from Dallas-Fort Worth area who was blown away by the class I was teaching. And so it can be valuable. It depends on the teachers. I think a lot of teachers are completely disconnected. I, like you, do not have a degree in fashion. I don't have a degree in education. I have a sort of degree in uh, and psychology sciences. That's a long story and not one that I want to share today. Uh, but I have I have taken um, at least a master's worth of fashion classes, but I took them uh, for, I audited them because I couldn't afford to take them. Uh, the school that I went to allowed me to take them as long as I acted like a student and participated like a student. But they let me know from the get-go there would be no degree because I wasn't paying for it, which I was absolutely fine with. I went for the education, not the degree. Right. And I think that that's the emphasis on rote um, regurgitation right. is far too focused Way than too having focused. a learning experience with a, a person that one enjoys teaching and two is a good teacher. Is a good teacher. Right. You know, I, you and I teach. We've been teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, when they asked me about my teaching experience, I said, uh, I've been teaching since 1995 when I hired my first sewer. <laughs> I teach every single person that comes to work with me everything they need to know to work with me. And some of them come to work with me barely even knowing how to plug in a sewing machine. Um, and, and you're much the same way. I've, I've watched you teach uh, multiple stitchers, some of who have gone on to have uh, halfway decent careers as stitchers. Um, so it's it's odd that they that 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 some universities don't understand real life experience and and what do they call it a an equal number of years in the field which is and western is is well known for demanding that master's degree but they decided that i'd been in the field for like 40 years i i knew more than anyone with a master's or doctors would know i've written papers i've developed textiles so i was a shoe in but um the students were terrified they were terrified they were terrified that they would fail they were terrified. They they were constantly obsessed with what their grade was and what their number was. And I said, "Hey, hey, I'm. We're not going to obsess about that. Have you know, I lost my A yet? You don't need to. You don't need to. No one has. You know. I would say you're all still doing well. We're not going to focus on numbers and letters. We're going to focus on textiles." We are going to focus on knits and manufacturing knits. We are going to focus on illustration. We're going to focus on the subject that you're here to learn. The numbers and the letters will take care of themselves. Trust me, if any of you start to slip, I'm going to reach a handout. So, you know, this conversation that I had where I was told to expect a certain percentage in each of those grades, including failing, I, I was dumbfounded, Megan. If I hired you to come to my factory to train people how to make bras, and you told me that 30% of them uh, would not be successful at all at making bras, and you told me that um, another 10% would, would be capable of cutting a bra, but not actually stitching one, and that uh, another 20% would be capable of decently sewing a bra, but they couldn't do anything really fancy, and that only 10% of them would be successfully creating the bras that I wanted them to create for my factory, I would fire you. <laughs> because, Who did you bring because, here? <laughs> because yeah, they're literally going in expecting that there are students that will fail. These are people who are not doing their job. They're not doing mm -hmm. their job. 
and, and I, after a year, I can tell you that there are students that work really, 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 really hard to fail. I, and in my year there, I only had to give one failing grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was, I was open. If I gave you a B and you thought you deserved better, I was open to you convincing me. Mm-hmm. And because of the lack of emphasis on letters and grades and grade points and scaffolding and all of the pyramids and all the shit that they tried to foist on me, my students came away excited and they came away actually having a working knowledge of the subject as opposed to a rote knowledge. So I'm mm-hmm. on the same page with you. And I think that you should be teaching Colorado. If you don't hire <laughs> this woman, you're idiots. Well, and it what's even more interesting is that um, I really loved guest lecturing at the University of Texas. That was, I found that really enjoyable. It was generally about a topic that I enjoyed speaking about. It was bras or it was um, the refined uh, grading process when you're working with a really close fitting garment, whatever it happened to be. But I really enjoyed that process and the questions that I wouldn't even have brought to the forefront of my brain, but that we're processing uh, as I'm doing these things that I can be more introspective about. And I've not been asked to do that at all. Um, Now, there is a local sewing guild that asked me to come speak professionally, and that's fun. I love doing that, too. But nobody else has. It's really kind of odd. I'm going to take exception to that. Yeah, well, with your class, because, I spoke, because, but not locally, not because, here in Denver. Okay, yeah, fuck Denver. After being, <laughs> like, I'm serious. If one of you doesn't grab this woman up, you are all a bunch of fucking idiots. But my class, those students still talk about the day that you came and were a guest lecturer. They that they learned really so much. It was in my knits class, and uh, you talked to them about four way stretch, two way stretch, diagonal stretch, uh, and, and um, it was just wonderful and i thought to myself why isn't megan teaching and 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 sadly i guess it's because um maybe they've all had too much pot in the university system there in uh colorado and can't think clearly enough to realize that they are really not doing their students a service by not hiring you to teach your students because you don't have letters and numbers and yet you, I'm you not have part of that alphabet. 20 carrying. years of experience sewing and you've been actually around textiles. Your mother makes some of the most beautiful textiles I've ever seen. Like this mm-hmm. is something that is in your blood. You you are far more informative than than like the teacher who taught textiles at, at Western Michigan literally showed up and gave them uh, PowerPoint presentations the entire semester. Ew. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Like, like I had a few students that she didn't pass that came to my class and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is so such a different experience. So people like us are important. I was also told by, by teachers who had been teaching for decades that, that, that this generation of students is not engaged. Mm-mm, it's I, the I, wrong I, engagement I, I, process. I'm, I'm like, oh, you, okay. Uh, a, a lot of my junior partners in my business have been students this age and they are sometimes overly engaged and i thought to myself the problem is is that you're not engaging them that's the problem it's not them you're going in assuming that they're not going to be engaged and so you're not engaging and this is true across all university systems this is true i hear this from from teachers everywhere i hear it from students everywhere uh that teacher perception is that students aren't engaged and that student perception is that teachers don't bother engaging them 
So it's uh, true. Like they like the whatever passion has then fallen out, and it's like okay, well I've been drug into this um, meat grinder processing that our education system is and it breaks them down. And so, you know, they become these robots that uh, nobody is a robot, <laughs> you know, nobody's a robot. Sorry about that. I am sometimes a robot, but um, <laughs> boopy, that's boopy, just because boop. shit has to get made. And I'm about to have a bionic arm possibly. We'll find out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. And you know, and, and the idea that, um, Everyone who is giving that money, that grant, that money from their parents, that money from granddad, everyone who's working their ass off to pay for that education is Mm -hmm. being told that they will have the education they need to go into fashion. And honestly, that's not true. It's not true. And it's not true in, I would say, the university industry as a whole. Wholesale have given over the again we're going to be talking about romanticizing an education across the board that you know once you finish you can just go and do something well it might not even be in the thing it is that you want to do um is is that most most of these students learn how to do design by working for other design houses most of it's you know a a a two-year program a four-year program in fashion design really can only be an introductory It, it can expose them to things um the way it's taught now, although if they started teaching more like the trade schools, they would be graduating students who would be snapped up so fast that it would make their heads swim. I think that the best educational um, systems in the country are FIT in New York, where I audited classes, and then California or Los Angeles Technical Trade School. Their curriculum for sample makers and for it blows my mind. I actually want to go take some of their classes. Right. So like places like Carhartt that are located there in Detroit, that if there were a trade program offered to people that was dealing specifically in like two or three multiple processes of their sewing, um, you know, um, automation that quote unquote automation, um, cause it's people doing it, but right. like if they were, had the training, like this person does zippers, this person does, knows how to do sleeves that they would gobble that talent up because that person is trained. They actually do. Carhartt employs a, a, a good number of sewers and they do have training programs. In fact, they're the ones that have supported to a large extent, including, um, giving free, two floors of rent, like 8,000 square feet, to the um, um, the innovation, uh, innovative uh, sewing, and I don't know. I still haven't seen the innovation. Love them. Hope you all do well. Love you hard. Love your shoes. Hope you win. But but uh, <laughs> that the only thing that's viable there that I can see is that they are trying to train people to become sewing technicians. Mm-hmm. And a, a few of the, uh, the young ladies that are, are doing those classes, number one, being way underpaid. Number two, um, I don't know that they've had the years in apparel to actually be teaching an entire s- skill set. Uh, and I don't know that they are. They, they may be that they're just being trained to, to uh, sew in a surgery because they're all, they're all excellent stitchers. One of, one of them is actually one of my favorite people. Um, and, and I'm not trying to, to denigrate her skill level at all. She's brilliant. Um, well, and the, the probably the reality is they haven't gone through an entire product manufacturing um, like layout from beginning to end to even be able to teach those 
individuals that are wanting to get a sewing factory job because they're just trying to teach them the basic skills to be able to move them on to the next person that is going to give them the individualized skills. The the idea that you can teach um, anyone all of manufacturing mm-hmm. in a class, I, 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 you know, teach them straight stitch, a power machine, make them proficient on a straight stitch, make them proficient on a uh, three, five, or four thread serger, make them proficient on a cover stitch, and they basically have enough skills to get a job. Now, when they go into a factory, they can learn how to uh, run the label sewer or the button holding machine or the button sewing machine or the, you know, mm-hmm. you, those jobs can be learned when they get those jobs. Uh, and I, and again, I don't know what they're said. I've never seen their program. It may be brilliant. I know that they're working with, with the College for Creative Studies and they have a brilliant, um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant curriculum. I'm telling all of the students in the Michigan area, if you actually want to study fashion design, please go to College for Creative Studies. It's an art school who approaches design like art, as opposed to a university who approaches design as a, um, as a, 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 a financial situation. And it, and it is both. But if you're going to learn to be a designer, you have to learn the art of design. Well, and that's what I found so curious about the images that you um, shared after the social at that location is that like, okay, so if the whole idea of the social is to show this space off and show what it's being used for, I found it curiously vacant of people that are being taught how to do things. And so it, I would, it was like, I I'm still trying to process some of that because having all of that delightful machinery and you know this um, skill set of instructors to be able to get people up to speed um, seem to be in place. But where are they in those pictures? Why aren't Megan, they sitting Megan, at the machines? There, there was only one man who was willing to uh, stay after work and work on the machine. Okay. Um, I, the party really, I, I, I sum it up as these are people who want to feel like they're part of the fashion industry, hanging out with people who can afford to pretend to be the fashion industry. And that's okay. Everyone, everyone had good feels. It was a good time. It's an amazing space. I was blown away by what they've done, but there were machines in there that I would, I would cover your ears, Ollie, that I would kill my dog for. Anyone who knows me knows that that like that that's me saying I I would have it if I could because I, I, I call bull corn Christmas. Yeah, I, I love my dogs. <laughs> I mean, we know we're going to get all the dog lovers now uh, boycotting me, but that's okay. That's why I'm hated. Um, <laughs> but they weren't even set up. Yeah, and then there were machines that were obviously staged. So did it look like they were being used? I'm sorry if you have a machine that that has a a uh, motorized cutter or a motorized plotter or a motorized printer running up and down the rails as it spreads. You would have track marks after a week. Mm-hmm. These tables are glossy. What's going on here? And and I love that it's there. And much like Austin Fashion Week, I love that it has made people in Detroit aware of the potential of fashion and apparel. And and I do hope. I mean, they they've only been open for. Uh, I guess they were opening right around COVID. So, you know, I, I, I can't make great judgments based on what happened to anyone during COVID. Right. But I hope that they reach their potential. I really do. I, I, I have nothing like but for love the community, for them right? and respect. But at this point in time, it seems like a failed process to me. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, and it, because and it feels it's... like it seems like I, 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 I my critical thinking tells me it's to make 
the people at the top of that particular food chain. It's about how they feel. It's, again, reflective of this really saddening state of uh, what a waste of resources and talent. And like it come, it boils back to this seemingly again and again of it's just such a stark, uh, like it seems like it should be so obvious for everybody that, um, <laughs> that it's there, that it's right in front of all of our eyes and that we continue carrying on like it's the emperor's new clothes. Like, oh, oh, yes, missing clothes, um, missing clothes, th yes. The funding for that place, is it, it's it's more than $10 million. It's been granted and funded and um, supplied and what have you. And, and I, I think to myself, you know, they're, they're, they, they don't, they're not currently manufacturing anyone's anything. And I think back to um, when, when you and I were at White Star mm -hmm. and in less than a month we taught 20 or 30 people how to manufacture a very very complex diaper and now the learning process and the learning curve was huge but yeah. by the time it was done we we had had uh the well the individual not tanked the entire project we would have had a, a massive multi-million dollar contract out there and i think to myself if we could do that in six weeks or two months why has this place not turned out a hundred sewers? Right. Why is Detroit now not rich with, with graduating sewers? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that things here are going to shift and change, but uh, the educational process, whether you're a technical school or a trade school, really dig into it before you go. Look at the curriculum. See what they're actually going to teach you. Um, and I would tell you that any... Any design curriculum that isn't like uh, family sciences or life sciences, stay the fuck away from it. That's basically very complex home economics. And I hate to say that because it sounds just so mean on my part, but um, it is. It, 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 they, they will not really have cracked a Vogue magazine in 30 years. And again, I think that what really would be helpful for younger people thinking about going into any program would be, okay, so what part of that umbrella of fashion do you want to reside under? Do you want to be a designer? Do you want to be a textile maker? Do you want to be a weaver? Do you? And so beginning to look at programs around the country that will really benefit you in the long run once you've realized how you want to narrow that focus is invaluable because like up in um, Fort Collins here in Colorado, they have a textile program that is absolutely just gold star. Yeah, I, it's I, I, just... I read through their curriculum. I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, it, and so if you're wanting to do textile manipulation if you are wanting to learn how to weave complex structures and really understand the route that we as designers then are left with your masterpieces then look for programs like that that are really focused and, and want to help you um, but other programs that are, you know, having you take chemistry classes when all you really want to do is merchandise at a Stanley Korshak in Dallas is different. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh.
right? And, and, and there's nothing wrong with taking a fashion merchandising class. My God, without the fashion merchandisers, none of us would make money. They're, I, I tell my, my students, like, look, I know that you design students look down on the fashion merch students, like somehow they're less than you. Mm-mm. But make those relationships happen now because those are the people who will make you successful. Yes, they will. Their their particular curriculum is going to allow them to take your rags and turn them into beautiful things in stores and make people make a buying choice. So stop stop looking down on anyone else. There's no no one in this whole complex system is actually any better than anyone else. We all just specialize. It's like machines. And honestly, mm-hmm. the more specialized the machine, what happens, the more specialized it is, the more expensive it is. Same with the jobs. The more specialized you are, the more you get paid. Well, and I feel like um, the education system is sometimes a mirror to the localized fashion show Uh um, systems in that it perpetuates this ideal of being a fashion designer and that all these opportunities are open to you. If you just put your collection together and put, you know, come and do our show, um, and, you know, it's not true. Um, and not all um, programs are going to be reputable. And maybe there are some instructors within a program that it is worth transferring in and out, you know, kind of dip in, dip out. <laughs> but right. you have to be mindful about the direction that you want to go in and what that specialization is going to mean for your tenure into that field. Exactly. I couldn't have said it any better. I, I think that. Um... A little bit of realism and expectation setting. I think that the curriculums need to be very specific about what they're going to teach. They should set expectations. Um, and honestly, you know, there are universities that just shouldn't be teaching apparel design. They just shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there are students in Texas, and I'm not going to call out any university systems, but they would come in and tell me they were from certain curriculums, and I would just shake my head and want to hug them and say, I'm so sorry. Um, but, you know, even there, I, w- I was teaching them about how to manipulate textiles and how to make textiles. And one girl who just was going to uh, make a tube to turn in as a project so she wouldn't fail, um, I, I showed her my knit gowns. And, and she she ended up going to work for Lululemon and Knits. And, and of course, at, at her program, they they never they, – they did a T-shirt. That was – they spent like a week on knits, and that was it. And, mm-hmm. and she's now a, a well-paid knit designer for a major company. So uh, not all curriculums are created equal. Not all fashion shows are created equal. That's going to be a running theme throughout these talks, I think, Megan. Mm -hmm. A lot of people uh, are are, um, bamboozlers and and snake oil salespeople. They're going to tell you it's one thing when it's another. They're going to set one expectation and not meet it. And uh, hopefully... Hopefully we can convince young people or old people, because I I think going back to school is lovely. I may actually go get a degree just to have one. Uh, Our governor is paying for anyone who never got a degree to get two certifications and a bachelor's. I may take them up on that. Mm. Why not? Um, But but do your research. Do your research. Look at the curriculum. Look for people who have graduated from the curriculum in the fashion industry who have been successful. Look for their um, um, alumni placement services. What do they offer you after you graduate? Are they going to help? Or how involved are they? Are they are they doing trips to New York? Do they have any kind of connectivity with any sort of apparel industry, either in L.A. or New York? All of those things are telling. Mm-hmm. I would also tell you to look to see that the classes run all the time. I, I happen to know of a university where five or six seniors in interior design 
did not get to graduate on time because their textile class was canceled. Mm. That's very telling. If I were a student looking for a curriculum and I saw that several classes suddenly vanished days before uh, the next semester started, I would be very leery. Why would I give them my money when my class might be canceled? Yeah, and then, you know, that costs exponentially when you're trying to get it back on board to graduate. Right, right. Um, I'm, 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 however long it takes you to get back in again. It's, and a lot of our system is broken when it comes to education. I'm not um, bitter. I'm not bitter. It's hard to I'm, watch I'm, it happen for your students. I'm, I'm not bitter. I'm not at all bitter. I can't, I can't tell. <laughs> okay. Taking it off. Um, I know. Yeah, this has been a good talk. Uh, and we could talk more about education. Let us know if you have any specific questions about um, uh, educational systems or if you would like recommendations of the, the, the curriculum that might be good for you. And also, you know, a lot of kids can't decide what they want to study because they don't know yet. Uh, I, I, I personally don't understand how any fashion curriculum allows anyone who hasn't at least learned how to sew in. Like, mm -hmm. like that is confusing to me. Send them to an illustration course if they can't sew. Right. And for designers <laughs> out there who are quote unquote successful, um, that have gone through a formalized education program, are you... Uh, financially benefiting from that process and if you are are other people that in your graduating class also profitable too i'd love to hear from people um, especially ones that are are successful um, because i would like to temper that with the knowledge of the number of people that they graduated with that either went into some other field um, that has nothing to do with fashion and, you know, kind of get a feel for what that's like for people who actually so I, I'm going to tell go you through. that I, I have actually done that research. Oh, I love this. Folks who have gone to the fashion schools, FIT, Parsons, uh, and some of Pratt stuff in New York, um, have a very high placement rate in the fashion industry. Folks who have gone to um, FIDEM in San Francisco and in Los Angeles have a very high placement. Folks who have gone to uh, Los Angeles Technical Institute, they can't graduate them fast enough for the industry to hire them. And that having been said, um, one of the first years that we interfaced with one of the universities in Texas, there were 70 graduating students. Mm -hmm. And four of them today work in the industry. I've kept in touch with all those students that we mentored. Four of them, one, uh, two in New York, one in LA, one in London. And so you really have to be solid in um, where you're designing from and being willing to travel to your markets. Yes. Yeah. Or you have to be able to go and live in your market. And, and I think it's important for people to realize how significant those two things are. Five. One at Lululemon, oh. my favorite. Yeah. She's, uh, there, so five out of like 60 or 70. That's still a small percentage. Yeah. I, and, you know, one of the schools that I'm going I'm to name because I so appreciated them was the University of the Incarnate Word, where each semester the students have to audition for the next semester. Mm. So they may start with a, uh, a a freshman class of 80 and end up with a graduating class of 12. 
And that graduating class, by the way, has to have their collection ready, uh, illustrated with, with plans, and they audition their final collection for the senior fashion show. That's what the industry is actually like. That's how it should be for everyone. Not everyone's cut out for it. And yeah, that's okay, that's, babies. That sounds a lot more like a market, like getting your collection ready and viewable to an ordering audience. And that seems a lot more in line with what I would call trade training. It's and very so, much the way Central St. Martin's does it. And they're mm-hmm. both Catholic universities. So I, I think that that may just be a system that they haven't. But it, that's, you know, Coco Chanel learned at a, at a nunnery. So uh, those Catholic sisters are so in wonders, apparently. Uh, Stephen Moser went to a Catholic university out in Seattle. Wow, wow. So, uh, you know, uh, there, there are schools that are, that are quite lovely. There are schools that are quite lovely, but, but it's not Do just research. what they teach. It's also what kind of uh, aftercare. What kind mm-hmm. of support do they give you? And if they don't have a very high record of, of, of getting people real jobs, if you can't find uh, from, I don't know, I'm, I, please, Nebraska, don't send me, but from the University of Nebraska, I don't even know if they have a fashion program. But if you look up University of Nebraska fashion graduates and you can't find one fucking working, that's a red flag, people. Mm-hmm. It would make no sense to me to get a fashion degree to go to work as a retail manager. That just seems like hell. Seems like a yeah. lot of a lot of tears and time and stress wasted. Unless that's your jam, and then the school should be really clear about like yes. that's what we're teaching. Yeah, we're so. teaching you how to get a store. I mm-hmm. I love you. I I think that we are probably at the end of uh, today's uh, podcast. Uh, we I are. We had a time limit set because you got the littles to pick up. I do. And um, we definitely have more to talk about um, for our next week's um, podcast, still dealing with the fashion industry. So um, always dealing with the fashion industry (laughs) and tell people um, to join us on Friday for our uh, bonus phone call. um, And we'll keep doing that um, while we still can. Um, And if you would like to uh, support our bonus phone call, um, please drop us a line and let us know how you would like to advertise with us. <laughs> we have, we have, uh, we also have Venmos and PayPal's that we will gladly accept donations from. Mm-hmm. And we have a Patreon page with only two levels up right now. I'm working to get a few more levels up, but you are always welcome to go to Patreon, Advanced Fashion Disruption, and become a Patreon supporter. Um, we do spend a number of hours doing this, hours and hours doing this, and we want to be able to afford to continue. So your patronage and your advertising dollars will one day be very important to us. Yes, and we want to help everybody in the fashion community along the way. And, and kick some asses too, Megan. I'm going to just say it. We want to kick some asses. <laughs> we we want to set a few things on fire and disrupt the way they are. But the ultimate goal is that we burn down the existing forest that is choking all of the plants that we really need. Because these new designers really have something and and I need to see it grow. I have this innate yes, need to see it yes, grow. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So I will see you on Friday for our Friday. So good talk. to talk with you, ma'am. I, I love you hard. You have a uh, the rest of your day. Make it joyful and uh tell the littles that uh Mr. Benson said hello. I will do that. I love you too. Take care. All right, ma'am. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh wow, another great podcast. Thank you to my co-host Megan Somerville. This is Benson and I'd like to remind you that our podcasts drop every Tuesday and Friday. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to contact us, if you have any questions or if you'd like to find our social media or you'd like to become a Patreon contributor, please go to our website 
www.advancedfashiondisruption.com.